Um, so this morning, it's going to be an amazing morning. This morning we're going to have a baby dedications to families. And um, I'm actually going to ask you guys to, to come forward. The Swanepoels and the, the Liebenbergs with all the little ones, all the parents and the children to come forward and just stand in front here with us. Like we always say, these are people, they, they take church and the building seriously. Serious? <laughs> and we love them for that. Thank you, thank you. Um, where's a flip? Ah, you went to get another two. All right. <laughs> like I said, they take church building very seriously. Okay, fantastic. Who loves when we get to dedicate babies to the Lord? We love it as a church, and Johannes is going to share a little bit about what do we believe the Bible teaches about baby dedications. And first of all, we just want to say that it's such an honor to have both families here with us this morning. They've been with our church for a couple of years. We are only, I think, how old are we as a church? Three. Okay, so we're still a toddler church, but they've been here from the beginning. And so the Swanable family... Um, and the Liebenberg family, and we're so blessed to have. Let's have a hand. Uh, whose family? Whose family? Who's joined with them today? If you're friends, you're also family. Fantastic. Welcome. It's good to see everybody. Awesome. And we believe children are a gift from the Lord, and so today is really going to be a special moment. If you want to take a picture or a video of your family, you're so welcome to do so. We're also going to take photos because we want to remember it in Jesus' name. Awesome. More is everyone blonde here? Oh, oh my word. There's something in the water here, no? Anyways, um, so just a short, um, something that, that we always share with us is why do we dedicate the, the babies to God? And we believe that in, in scriptures, Scripture is our, our a guideline, and, and everything that we do must come from Scripture because we are believers, right? So we can't um, use any other human books or anything. But Scripture and Jesus' life is for us an example of why we dedicate our children to God. And if we look in Luke 2, verse 2, 22, it's in the Amplified, and you guys can see it up there. It says the following. It says, And when the time for their purification came, that is the, the mother's purification and the baby's dedication, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that's Jesus, they brought him up to Jerusalem. Why? To present him to the Lord, set apart as their firstborn, as the firstborn. So Jesus, his life is for us example. He's, what his parents did is for us an example. They brought him to the temple and they dedicated him back to the Lord because he's a gift from the Lord. And 
what does it mean to... Um, my English is gone today. I had a sermon yesterday in Afrikaans. Now I'm in English again. My MTCA airtime is up. To uh, dedicate means to, to present, to present before the Lord. There's a Greek word where it says, the Greek word is parastemi. It means to, to set apart for the Lord. It means to hand over to, to God so that they can walk along with God. So it's, a, it's actually a very, it's very um, a, a, a significant meaning to, to bring your child before the Lord. Amen. And this means today that you, to the families and the parents, that you decide and you, to, to bring your children before the Lord, and you take that decision, and you confirm before everyone here that you will, the, the gift that you've received from God, your children, you will bring that gift before the Lord, and to, to honor Him for the gift um, that you received from Him, and that you will raise up your kids in His way, that's in the Scriptures, and according to his word. Amen. Stem willen nog saam. As jy nie saam stem nie maak net so. Welcome, welcome. We believe that the Bible teaches us to dedicate the babies because why? For us we we see in scriptures that when we receive Jesus as our savior that it's something that we have to do on our own. It's it's something that we do when we understand what's right and wrong, we come to an age of, uh, age of understanding where we know that our actions have consequences. So it's up to us alone, according to Scripture, it's up to us al alone to get saved. So salvation is for everyone individually, and only after that you get baptized. Because why? You need to understand what this is about. It's not something that someone can do for you. But for us as no parents, we believe that we make the, the, the decision to steward our children to fully understand these things so that when they get to that point, then they know how to make the right decision. And do you guys agree with that? Bena, Inke, you say. All right, so I'm just going to, for us, I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. And if you can just repeat after me out loud, and then Marissa will take it from there. So, um, Heavenly Father, thank you for entrusting our children to us as precious gifts from you. We come to present them back to you today. As parents, we want to bring them to you and commit that we will raise them according to your ways. Lord, please use our children's lives to, to the honor of your name and to the expansion of your kingdom.
We will be an example to them in word and deed. We will help them to discover their gifts, their talents, and their unlimited potential in you. Give us and our families the wisdom and knowledge and discernment as your Holy Spirit helps us with this task of raising them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. That's such a beautiful declaration from parents. And so what we would love to do, and I know they're getting a little bit uncomfortable, so we're almost done. But what we would love to do, we would share, we would love to share the, what the names mean of every one of these children. And Johannes and I would also love to share. We pray over every child that gets dedicated. And we want to encourage, yeah, we want to encourage you to really pray with our parents as we just bless them in Jesus' name. She just wants her voice known. That's all. Awesome, and we're going to start with her, actually. She's saying, I'm ready. Linke Mia Liebenberg. And she was born, she's a month old. When was she born? 16th of January. Das mir das amon. Tue Awesome, and so Linke means soft, light, gentle, and fearless. And her second name, Mia, is a combination of both grandmother's names, Hanshan and Mina. And it means, who is like God? And it also refers to mine and beloved. And the spiritual connotation of her name means devout. And the scripture that is attached to her name is Psalm 27, which says, One thing that I have asked of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. And guys, when we prayed for her, we really felt the first name that came up to me uh, from scripture was Mary. And you know, Mary was a lover of Jesus. She was a lover of His presence. She was a lover of the Holy Spirit. And so the um, impression on my heart is like from a young age, she's going to look for the presence of the Lord. She's going to search for the presence of the Lord. And, and I believe that she's going to love music. She's going to love being in His presence, looking for His presence. And there is a sensitivity on her life to acknowledge and to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so I really believe she's going to be someone, and all your children, we know the gifts on all of them, but she's going to be a worshiper. She's going to be so close to the heart of the Lord. And just like Mary was, uh, Jesus told Martha when Martha and Mary, Martha was the busy one in the kitchen, but Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And we believe Linka Mia will be that Mary. She will sit at the feet of Jesus, and she will be a lover of Him. Amen. And it's, it's, it's so interesting. We prayed um, for, for each one individually, but we, we sort of got the same words from the Lord. And when I prayed for her, instantly the word that popped in my mind was peace, a, 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 that she will have a, a, a demeanor of peace, that within her calmness she will be fearless. And like Mary that sat at the feet of Jesus, that peace and that fearlessness she will find in the, the presence of the Lord, and He will give her that, that quiet confidence and the boldness. Amen. 
Amen. And so we're going to share all the words, and then afterwards we'll pray collective prayer for all of you guys. And so next we want to share Miyana Elna. There she is. Hello, Sissy. Voy for Alimenta. And Miyana's first name has a spiritual connotation and connection to purity and the temple of the Lord. And she represents purity before the Lord. And the scripture that is attached to her name is 1 Corinthians 6, 19. And it says, your body is the home of the Holy Spirit, which God gave to you. And then her second name, Elna, it refers to God is delight and God is pleasantness and God is my light. And when I prayed for her, I literally saw her also as a voice, but that she will have a heart of truth and justice. And I really believe that God's going to raise her up at a young age. She's gonna, you're going to have to cultivate an environment where she's going to have to learn how to use her voice and to stand up for those who have no voice. And so I, I, I literally saw a heart of justice and truth. So she will be passionate to serve other people with her whole life. Um, but God's going to use her voice in a way where other people can't speak for themselves, but he will use her as that voice. Um, and so we just pray that that voice will be nurtured from that young age. And, um, yeah, she's got an incredible calling on her life. Yes, and when I prayed for her, the, the words that came to mind was, I never late, always on time. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what is, what is this? Because it's a bit random. <laughs> Never late, but always on time. And uh, and I asked the Lord, and and what what He revealed to me was that the milestones in her life will be very significant. That His hand, His hand will always be, um, how can I say it, very obvious in her life. So it 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 won't that it won't be just a normal birthday. That there will be something that you can see the Lord's hand is in it. it it's, it's not just the first a, a, a day in school or something. The Lord's hand is in there, and it's there's something that will be very um, obvious and evident in her life. Her life is a, will be a testimony of that, and I believe that um, t- today is also a first a, a sign of that, that it's never too late, but it's always on time. And she will walk closely with Nagat because she is full of purity, and his protection and covering will be evident in her life for all to see. And she has a calling, and that calling will require her to stay close to God, to stay close to his house, and that needs to be protected as well by you too. Amen. Amen. And then look at that handsome fella, John Joshua. And he was born two weeks? Yeah, 17 February. So first, this was not the litmot amal. John Joshua. And what a beautiful name. And, you know, John, his first name means God is gracious. God is gracious. And the spiritual connotation refers, obviously, to gifted. We know that. But the scripture attached to his name also is 2 Chronicles 1 verse 12, which we're actually preaching about today. And it says, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches, wealth, and honor. And Joshua is obviously a powerful name. We all know Joshua in the Bible. But Joshua means, it's of Hebrew origin, and it means God is my salvation. And the spiritual connotation is linked to Jesus, which also means bringer of truth. 
And the scripture attached to that name is James 1.25 that says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it will be blessed in whatever he does. And when I prayed for him, I literally saw the word leader written all over him. Voorloper. So I think you can already saw with his birth, he chose his timing of when he wanted to come. Okay, sterk wil, strong leader. And you're going to see that from literally from a young age, he's going to want to walk in front and he's going to need the space to grow in that leadership. And I believe that he will keep you on his toes. He will keep you on your toes, basically. And God wants to raise him up as a leader in his generation. I believe, and we say it all the time with our children's church and to our church, that God is doing something in this generation that we've never seen. Signs, wonders, miracles, and he's going to be a leader that God's going to call, and he's going to raise him up, and he's going to give you the wisdom and the knowledge to train him up in that. So have a lot of grace for yourselves, because he's going to keep you busy, but it's because of the call of God upon his life. Amen. And I just wanted to echo what she says and agree with that as well, that had he is called to be a leader of leaders, but the calling that he has has got some um, strings attached to it. The strings attached to it is, is that he, he has to walk in that understanding of what, is, what his name also means. So his name is derived from the, from the Hebrew word Yohanan, which means God gives grace and redemption. So he needs to fully understand, and that's where you took to come in, he needs to fully understand God's grace, and he needs to fully understand how to walk in it, and also in God's redemption, what that means. Because he's not just called to lead leaders, he's called to, to lead that, um, those that, that have strayed away from, from God, the people that became rebellious against the God. His calling is to call them back and draw them back to the Lord, away from rebellion and towards His no peace. Amen. Awesome. And we would just love to pray a prayer over our families. Why don't you just stretch your hands out towards them as a sign of saying, we agree. We're going to hold you accountable and we're going to pray for you. And Father, we thank you for these two beautiful families, Lord. We thank you for the Liebenberg family, Lord. We thank you for the Swanepoel family. We thank you, Father, that your hand is upon both of them, on both of their households. And Father, we thank you for this beautiful opportunity to dedicate these special children to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for the gifts upon their lives. We thank you, Father, you have called them for such a time as this. And you have called Philip and Karin, and you've called Bena and Imke for a time such as this, to raise all of their children in the ways of the Lord. So we want to pray over our parents. We pray that you will bless them with wisdom. We pray that you will bless them with grace, knowledge, understanding, lots of discernment. And Father, we thank you that you are also their provider. Lord, that you will give them everything that they need in every season to raise these children in the way that you would go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. And then we just want to bless you with your certificates, and you're welcome to take your seats. Let's give them another hand this morning. Can we get to the Word this morning? Those who know me know that I wake up at 4 o'clock on Sunday mornings. That's not the truth. But I get excited whenever I get to bring the Word of God because what else is more important than the Word of God? Amen? Are you with me this morning? 
for those who don't know me or who don't know Johannes, we love to preach with you. So you're welcome to shout out amen, or if you just want to raise a silent agreement hand, you can do so. We're a little bit crazy, but we believe that it's okay. <laughs> Johannes is never silent, so I get to die, Awesome. But church, we want to speak this morning about building on wisdom. And you know, we started last week, I said to our church last week, God has been really pressing on my heart this topic of wisdom, of godly wisdom. Um, Johannes started off the year, and one of our words for this year is righteousness. The Afrikaans is gerechtigheid. And one of the words that, as he was preaching about that, and he spoke about the fear of the Lord, one of the themes that kept coming up in my heart as I was praying and as I was studying is this theme of wisdom, godly wisdom. And so we started off last week, and we watched a little video clip, and if you want to go and look at it, if you missed it last week, it's on YouTube, it's Building on Wisdom Part 1, and we watched the little video clip of the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. Who's been watching that on the news? It's absolutely devastating. I think it's something like, is it 50,000 and count it's higher? Okay, I don't even know where it's at, of people who died in this natural disaster. But as we said last week, what was even more profound to me was the research that they are doing afterwards is pointing to the fact that many of those buildings that collapsed wasn't only because of the earthquake. It was also because a lot of those foundations were not built according to the right building standards and code of conduct of those nations. Apparently, they saw it for years before when there were earthquakes and they had new laws put in place and many builders and engineers have been arrested because they never took the precaution to ensure that those foundations would be strong enough for things like earthquakes and natural disasters. And I said, Johannes, that was so profound to me, and I was reminded of the words of Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. What you are hearing is the praises of our children's church. Who loves hearing that? That's awesome. We take our kids' church very, very seriously because we believe that if we train them up in the Word today... They will be godly leaders tomorrow. Who believes our nation needs godly leaders? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amal is in agreement. Okay, Matthew 7. Have a listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, what words is he actually speaking about? We always say at our church, Scripture interprets Scripture. So if you go back to Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, you'll read through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which he shared. It's called the Beatitudes. And he shared about the kingdom, the truth of the kingdom, and how the kingdom is very different to this world that we are operating in today. And he said, Therefore, everyone who heard those words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Everyone say foolish man. Like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house 
and it fell down with a great crash. And I should have actually showed that video again, but the way that the journalist described it is when you saw those 50, 60-story buildings literally plummeting down and crashing on the ground, they called it a pancake collapse. A pancake collapse. And I said to the church, this is what it feels like to me. If we as believers, if you call yourself a believer, if you've decided Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then Jesus says you need to build your life on this foundation. Because if you're not going to build on this foundation, then every storm that's going to come, every uh, influence to attack you that's going to come against you is going to cause your house to pancake collapse. And when I say house, it refers to your life. It refers to everything that you're doing on this earth. And I don't know about you, but I've made some foolish decisions in my life. I mean, all of us have made silly mistakes. All of us have made wrong choices. But what is the point that Jesus is making? Today is a day that you can decide, I don't want to build my house on sand any longer. I don't want to build my life on something that will not sustain me, on something that will cause me to pancake collapse when the storms come. And, you know, as pastors, we launched our church. We planted this church 2nd of February 2020. Ne? We had seven services, and the storm came. Flippin' COVID, okay? So we had seven services, and we were shut down. Do you know how long it takes to plan to plant the church? And then you have seven services, and you're shut down. And, you know, I've heard of so many um, churches, even a lot of our friends and colleagues in South Africa, churches that have closed down, believers whose lives collapsed, pancake collapsed, because their foundations were revealed when the storms came. And you know, the Bible says that in the last days, it'll only get darker. And I don't want to be a dooms prophet this morning, but I want to preach the word to say that, church, it's time that we build our foundations on the rock. Because Jesus said in the last days, these things will happen, it will occur, but he did say, if you build on me, you will stand. If you build on me, you will have victory. So we have a choice today. We have a choice every single day when we wake up to decide, Lord, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to build my life on you. I want to build my life on the right foundations. Because when, before you come back, I don't want to actually pancake collapse. And so that is what I really believe God wants to build in us strong again. Because the most dangerous place... I believe with all of my heart, the most dangerous place you and I can be is in a place where we do not have the wisdom of God. Because every single one of us needs the wisdom of God on a daily basis. Amen? Would you agree with me on that this morning? Whether you are a parent, whether you are married, whether you are single, whether you are a business owner, whether you work for someone, whether you are a pastor, thank you Jesus, doesn't matter what you are, what you do, who you are, you need God's wisdom to give you practical advice, to give you direction, to give you protection, to give you peace, to be your foundation. I believe it with all of my heart. It's my heart's conviction. I've dedicated my life. When I married Johannes, I trusted the Lord. I want to marry a pastor because I knew I was going to work for Jesus full time. And I was like, Lord, if his foundation is not built on the word, I don't even want to date him. So this is my negotiable. This is non-negotiable. He must be a pastor or I'm not getting married. 
So when I met Johannes, he was everything but a pastor. Okay, he loved Jesus. Um, he rescued, you know, people from human trafficking. Very noble, amazing, but he wasn't a pastor. And this access near yet, I don't think. I don't know why I'm sharing this. This is so not part of my notes. But I think the point that is this, that I feel like God wants to instill in us the non-negotiable fact that we cannot live without God's wisdom. We cannot afford, I said to our team, and I said to our church last week, we cannot afford not to open this book. We cannot afford not to study this book. We cannot afford to snack on the Word of God even any longer. We've got to eat it. We've got to meditate it. We've got to build our lives on the Word of God so that we can walk victorious. Does anyone else want to walk victorious? Ek wil nie pancake collapse nie, in Jesus' name. Okay, so quickly, what is wisdom? We said last week that knowledge is information. Okay, so I can read the Word of God and I can get a lot of knowledge out of it. That's amazing. But wisdom is actually the application of that knowledge. So if I've got all the facts and I've got all the information, but I never apply it, I don't have wisdom. I'll never walk in that wisdom. Kopkennis beteken niks tot het nie hardkennis is nie. Until it's in here, it will actually not bear fruit in my life. So that's what James also said. James said that we shouldn't only be listeners of the Word of God, but we must actually be doers of the Word of God. That's actually our mission. That's our vision. But our mission as a church is to be doers of the Word of God. And one of the things that I've had such a conviction of, or maybe let's say it, let's call it a revelation the last week and a half as I've been studying this, last two weeks, is that wisdom is actually supernatural. I'm talking about godly wisdom. Last week we spoke about the world's wisdom, the difference between the world's wisdom and God's wisdom. God's wisdom has to do with His kingdom and the expansion of His kingdom and for Him to be glorified. The world's wisdom is all about me and how I can get success in life. But the contrast is so beautiful, and we'll speak about it today, is that God's wisdom is supernatural. There's, we're going to dig into the book of Proverbs this morning, but in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 8, it actually personifies wisdom. What does that mean? It means it's the only place in the Bible where wisdom, or in the book of Proverbs, where wisdom is linked to a person. And it's linked to who? Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says that Jesus Christ is both the power and the wisdom of God. And to me, that was powerful. I don't know about you, but to me, that blew me away. That means Jesus is the wisdom of God. Wisdom was present at creation, which speaks again about what? About the Holy Spirit. Wisdom was there when the world was created. In wisdom, God created everything, including you and I. But to just recap last week, we spoke about five things, five ways that we can grow in wisdom. And I'm just going to do that for the benefit of those who wasn't here last week. But we said this, how do we actually grow in godly wisdom? Number one, in humility, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So in other words, it starts at the place where I have to actually fear the Lord, which means what? It doesn't mean I need to be scared of Him. It means that I need to have a reverential awe and respect for who He is. And we said, you know, God is not a genie in a bottle that has to fix all my problems. 
He's God. He's the creator of the universe. He's the king of all kings. I need to have a healthy reverence and awe and understanding of who he is. And in humility, in humility, I need to humble myself and say, Lord, I am not Lord of my life. You are. That's where wisdom starts. I need to have a correct understanding. The Bible says a fool thinks that they can live without God. Number two, we said we need to study the Word. In other words, we need to go a little bit deeper than just reading it. We need to make time to study. Number three, we need to obey the Word. We need to do what it says. We need to walk with the wise, number four. And I said to our church last week, this is something that changed my life. And I don't think I would be here this morning if I didn't change who I was hanging out with. We need to walk with the wise to become wise. And that doesn't mean we reject every person in our life who doesn't follow Jesus. It means we rather influence them than them influencing us. The Bible says in Psalm 1 verse 1 that those who walk in the counsel of the ungodly will not be blessed. But blessed are those who walk with the wise, for then they will become wise. And so I think for some of us that means we need some new friends who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We can still witness to everyone else. That's a huge, huge bindoy. Number five, we need to pray. James says that pray and ask the Lord for wisdom and he will give it to you generously. Okay, so that's the recap. I want to go in there, but I can't because I want to focus on what we want to share this morning. Okay, so if you've got your Bible, you can turn to the book of Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament after Psalms. Ne? Am I right? Johannes gives me the yes. Okay, the book of Proverbs is often called, who's heard it's called the book of wisdom. Now, there's actually five books of wisdom in the Bible. The other ones are Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Psalms. Okay, and the book of Proverbs, as we said again last week, was written by, mostly, by Solomon. We all know the story of Solomon. Solomon, the Bible calls, the wisest man who ever lived on the earth. The wisest man who ever lived on the earth. And you know, he was only 20 years old when he became king. 20 years old. Who do you know that's a 20-year-old that's the wisest person you've ever met? Niemand het last week hulle hande opgesteek but don't be, don't be fooled. Our young generation, God's raising them up and accelerating them in the spirit like no one's business. But okay, I'm passionate about the youth. So the Bible says that Solomon was literally 20 years old. And God came to him in a dream. And he said to him, what do you want? What would you and I say when God comes to us in a dream? Yes, I got the lies, puppy. What do you want? I got the long lies. But you know what Solomon said? He said, as a young king, as a 20-year-old, he said to the Lord, give me a discerning heart to lead your people. Give me wisdom, your wisdom to lead your people. And I said, Johannes, as young leaders ourselves, I'm not 20, but I'm considering myself young. I just a number, ne? Okay? But I'm like, that is a prayer to pray. And you know that the Bible says that blessed God's heart so much that he asked for wisdom and a discerning heart that the Lord gave him everything else as well. All the riches, all the honor, and all the favor. And the Bible also says that all the kings of all the lands, of all the kingdoms of that day and age, left their thrones and their kingdoms to come and sit at the feet of Solomon. 
to hear the wisdom of his God. To me, that is profound if we think about it. If we think about it. And I believe there is a broken world out there who longs for the wisdom of God in their lives. But you know who they look to to receive that from? They often look to you and I as believers. They're looking. They're hungry. Sometimes they don't even know what they're hungry for, but we know it's the wisdom of God that they're looking for. They're looking for the answers to life's questions. They're looking for practical solutions for the things that are broken in their lives. In ons het die antwoord, kerk, amen. Die antwoord is Jesus. Die antwoord is die weisheid van die Heere. But He's waiting on us as the church to rise up and to grow in that wisdom and to take it out to a broken world. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so basically the Bible was written in different genres. All right, we know not every book is a storybook. Not every book in the Bible is a historical narrative. Some books are poems like the Psalms. Some are wisdom books like Proverbs. But you know that the Old Testament was originally translated from Hebrew. And Hebrew poetic writing is very different than English poetic writing. Okay? I, I'm not that clever. I read scholars said that. Okay. So the nature of Hebrew poetry is very different. It is a form of meaning. In other words, those kind of proverbs that you read in Scripture impart understanding much deeper than mere logic. When you read through the book of Proverbs, it goes much deeper than just our human logic and understand. In other words, even when you go and read and study Proverbs, we can't even do it like casually and think we're going to understand what it says. We need the Holy Spirit to break it open for us. Who's ever read the Bible and you felt like, I don't know what this story My hand is up. Okay, and you know why? Because we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God to understand the things of the Spirit. Does that make sense this morning? Amen. And so, Proverbs, the Hebrew word for proverb, actually has two meanings. And this was profound to me. The first one means it's a parable or a metaphor or a saying that expresses a word of wisdom. But the other one that I think is so profound, and that's where I want to land it this morning, the second meaning means to reign and rule in life. It is words that will empower us, truths rather, that will empower us to rule and reign in life. Do you know that you were called as a believer of Jesus to rule and reign in life? Go back to Genesis, we don't have time, but go back to Genesis, and God blessed Adam and Eve, and he said to them, rule over the fish of the sea, and all the animals, and all the earth. You and I were called to walk in victory. We were not called to walk in bondage. We were not called to be in slavery. We were not called to be any of these things. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that you and I can walk in truth, so we can walk in victory, and so that we can walk in his wisdom. Do you believe that this morning? Come on. You can start at Proverbs 1, and I'm going to read from a different translation this morning because it's got a powerful, powerful words that explains the meaning of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1 verse 1 to 5 says this. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down what stands out to you this morning. You can highlight, you can underline whatever you like to do in your Bible. 
it says this, here are kingdom revelations. So this is explaining what the book of, of Proverbs is. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, words of wisdom given to empower you. Everyone say to empower me, to empower me to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Verse 2, within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. And here it says, use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. That is powerful, church. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship to choose what is right, just, and fair. And these Proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. We spoke about our parents needing that wisdom. Proverbs will help you, parents, in Jesus' name. For the wise, these Proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant leadership strategies. Brilliant strategies for leadership. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited to get into the book of Proverbs, I'm not quite sure what will. But to me, and I said to the church, no one's asked me this morning, by the way, but I put myself a challenge. I said last week, I'm going to read through one book of Proverbs, one chapter of Proverbs every day. And I did. I got to Proverbs 9. I mean, so yeah, come for myself, for my Lord, congratulate. But I was like, yes, Lord. There's 31 Proverbs, so if you want to give yourself a challenge, read a chapter of Proverbs every single day, and do it for a year, and see where your life goes. That's my personal challenge. I said, Johannes, keep me accountable, because I want to be wise. I want to be a wise leader. I want to be a wise wife. I want to be a wise believer, because there's a world out here. We've got limited time. Jesus is coming back. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste any opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Is anyone with me this morning? Okay, so we see that this book has got all the wisdom that we need. And with the Holy Spirit, those truths can come into our hearts. And you know, I don't know who's ever done a study of Proverbs. Maybe some of you have already, you live by Proverbs every single day, so you can also maybe next week come and teach us some things. But the book of Proverbs has got literally wisdom on every practical area of our lives. Because sometimes I think as believers, we believe that the Bible is kind of over there, my Sunday thing, but my life over here is separated. Sometimes I think we find it hard, and I've been at that place where I find it hard to see practically how do I implement the Bible in my everyday life. Who's ever felt like that? We're an honest church, that's okay. Ne? Sometimes it's like, okay, how do I practically, how does this work in my marriage? How does this work in my business? How does this work in every relationship? Maybe I've got a difficult family relationship. Maybe I've got, you know, challenges with my children. Maybe, I don't know, I've got a problem with my colleagues. How do I put the Bible into practice? Well, you know what? Why don't you start in the book of Proverbs? It has got advice on so many topics. Diligence and laziness. Do you know how many times the Bible speaks about, you know, the lesson of the ants? They don't need anyone to chase them to go to work. Okay? They store up for summer or for winter by working in summer. Beautiful lessons. That should actually be a sermon. It's got wisdom on friendships, 
wisdom on the power of our words, wisdom on relationships within my family, within my household, wisdom on work. It's got business principles, business principles on how to do business with integrity, how to do business in kingdom financial ways. You know, so many things, so many warnings. Look out for this. Don't sign debt for someone else. Don't do this. Don't do that. Rather do this. Rather do that. It's got all the answers in the Bible. We just need to go and make a study of it and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to apply in this situation for me right now? Because that is God's heart. Okay, it's got information on knowledge on getting along with people. Who gets along with everyone in your world? You want to stick on top Okay, it's got things about good manners, eternity, money. Money. Sometimes people are like, Ooh, die kerk praat net oor geld. Jesus taught mostly on the kingdom and then on money. It's important that we understand kingdom principles for finance. Why? Because you will be blessed, I will be blessed when we apply those practical principles. It's got so much information in there. How to do life God's way. Marriage. Oh my goodness. I've learned many things. I'll share with you later about marriage and about our relationships. And I believe so many of our marriages will improve and receive a new breath of life if we go and look in the book of Proverbs and find some wisdom that we can apply, apply in our marriages. It's got so many good advice, um, knowledge, and wisdom and information. Parenting, so many different things, how to discipline our children, how to raise them up in the ways of the Spirit, you know, how to grow as parents, all those kind of things. I can go on and on and on. But what I want to share with you this morning, just briefly, is why would it be beneficial to you and I? Because I can try and convince you about how powerful God's Word is for your life. But the book of Proverbs has hundreds and hundreds of benefits that lists for us why it is beneficial for you and I to live by wisdom. If you're taking notes, number one, God's wisdom will lead to an increased knowledge of Him. If you're following along, Proverbs 2, it will come on the screen. Proverbs 2, verse 4 to 5, and if you look for it, that is, if you look for wisdom, as for silver, in other words, that represents money, as you look for it, as for silver, and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The Lord says, if you will search for it, if you will make it your pursuit, like we often make money and income our pursuit, then we will receive the knowledge of the Lord. If we seek for it, because the Bible also says that finding wisdom is much better than finding gold. And we always see success as like being financially well off. And God says, actually, no. First seek wisdom. Riches will be a benefit. But first find wisdom so that you don't pancake collapse. Number two, benefit of seeking God's wisdom is that it will build strong homes and healthy families. You can write this down. It's not on the screen. Proverbs 24.3. It says, by wisdom, a house, a family, or a business is built. And by understanding, it is established on a good foundation. Number three, God's wisdom provides God's divine protection. 
You know, so many times I believe that we can experience God's protection if we will just make wise choices. This is also not in the screen, but you can write it down. Proverbs 2, verse 7 to 8. Proverbs 2, 7 to 8. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. And he will become your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways. And he will protect and guard you as you choose what is right. You know, the Bible says we've got a spiritual enemy. And he will do anything to stop you in your tracks, to stop you from walking out the calling and the purpose and the gift that God has got upon your life. And the Lord says, if you seek wisdom, you will outsmart him because he cannot understand the wisdom of our God. Number four, godly wisdom leads to peace, contentment, and happiness. And I'm almost done. Number four, God's wisdom leads to peace, contentment, and happiness. Who's always looking for peace? The world is looking for peace. They're looking for peace and contentment and happiness in all these places. Any here and see, Owens. This here. This any wijsheid van here waar je dit Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 2, it's on the screen. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life with living, tranquility and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessings, it will add to you. I don't know about you, but I want the wholeness of life's blessings on my life. This is not selfish om it to will hear nie. Die Heere gee dit vir ons. It is our portion as believers. We must also not live with this poverty mindset that we can't receive anything from God. God wants us to walk in victory. Amen? Number five, this is my last point. Godly wisdom will provide good health, a long life, and honor. Do you know, church, I believe that physical healing is also a benefit from eating the Word of God. If you don't believe me, go to Proverbs 3, verse 15 to 16. Proverbs 3, 15, 16, it says, She, that is wisdom, it's a female. It's a grap, I have time to go there, but okay. This is the Bible, I have it opgemaakt. My man is very snakes. She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. In other words, her value is more than any uh, earthly finance that we could ever desire. Her, or she is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her value. Long life, listen to this, long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. In other words, when you embrace wisdom, both of those hands will embrace you. Long life reaches and honor. Proverbs 9 verse 11 says, Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. I didn't include all the scriptures that contain promises for healing, promises for wholeness, promises for restoration of relationships. I could keep you busy here for all week and I could almost gaan brand in die because there's just too many scriptures in this book of wisdom to explain to you and to encourage you this morning and to remind us, to remind us. Many of us are walking in wisdom right now, but just to refresh your heart also this morning, that God wants to encourage you, don't stop pursuing me for that wisdom. Don't stop looking to me for that guidance, because I'm a generous God and I want to give it to you. 
And I want to end with this scripture this morning. Just before the team hands out communion, we're going to end with communion this morning. But have a look at this scripture. Last one. Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 18. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the Ephesian church. And you know, the Ephesian church were believers. They were already filled with the Holy Spirit. They were walking in God's ways. But you know what was Paul's prayer for them? Paul's prayer for them was this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That was his prayer. And I pray, he continues, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. Church, I believe that the Lord wants to impart and pour out his spirit of wisdom and revelation upon us afresh this morning so that we can get to that place of, first of all, knowing him better because that's where wisdom starts, fear of the Lord. And secondly, so we can get to understand what he has called us for. What is our purpose? Just like we prayed over every single child this morning, God's got a dream for your life. He's got a purpose for you. He's got something for you to do on this earth that no other person can achieve but you. Because he wants to anoint you for it. What does anointing mean? It means he wants to empower you through his spirit. There's no way on earth you and I can do anything in the natural. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom to do what he has called us to do. Amen. We're going to end off with communion, and I want the team to just hand out the communion elements for us quickly. And I want you to just take a few moments. Don't let this moment go by without understanding how the Lord feels about you. And I believe even in this moment, God wants to speak something to your heart. And how do you hear the voice of the Lord? Sometimes it's just a recurring thought that keeps coming to you over and over. But it's a good thought. If it's a terrible thought, it's not the Lord. Sometimes it's just an impression on your heart. But I want everyone to just take a moment and just focus on Him. We're here for Him. We're not here for any other reason. Thank you, Jesus. Don't receive it yet. Just hold it in your hand. As we just wait for everyone to receive the elements this morning. All right, I want you to hold your communion in your hands and just stand. And we're going to end in prayer. Don't have it yet. I'll tell you when. If you haven't received communion, the elements yet, just raise your hand so the team can see you. I think it's just at the back. And also remember our sound team at the back. We love them.
Awesome. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? Hold on to your communion. And, you know, we spoke this morning about wisdom and we spoke about the fear of the Lord. And I want everyone's eyes just to be closed as we pray this. But you know, the Bible says that wisdom starts and begins with the fear of the Lord. And I want to encourage you, if there is anyone here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you've never actually taken that opportunity to say, Lord, I want you to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe you had an opportunity, but you walked away from the Lord. Sometimes life gets in the way. But this morning, I feel on my heart that the Lord wants to call some people back into his life, back into his heart this morning. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you to make that decision this morning, I can promise you with all of my being, you will never, ever regret that decision because the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and he died for us on the cross, then we will live with him forever. We will have eternal life forever. Even if I die on this earth, I will live forever. If you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone's eyes are just closed. I want you to raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you. Just raise your hand up high so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to corporately just pray this prayer with those of our brothers and sisters who have just said, Lord, I need to bring my life back into alignment with you. I want us corporately just to pray this prayer. You can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you that today you're calling me back to you. I believe, Jesus, you died for my sins so that my past, my slate, can be cleaned by your blood can be washed away so that I can become a new person in you. I ask for your forgiveness this morning and I receive it. I thank you that I'm a child of God. I thank you that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit and you will lead me into your plans for my life. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to read this scripture to us in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. And the Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so I want you, as you receive the bread this morning, this resembles the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross for you and I. And this means that we are communing and we are partaking with the Lord in what He had done for us. And not just are we remembering that sacrifice, but we are receiving all the benefits of Jesus dying for us. The Bible says His body was broken so that we can be whole. And as you receive the bread this morning, if you need physical healing in your body, see your body being healed and restored as you receive the bread this morning. Thank you, Lord.
And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This cup represents a new covenant between us and Jesus, a covenant of grace and a covenant of wisdom. And I want you to have this this morning and thank the Lord for this covenant in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now raise your hands to heaven. We're going to conclude this morning's service. And we're going to ask the Spirit of the living God to pour out His Spirit of wisdom and His Spirit of revelation. I want you to really, really focus on Jesus this morning. If you are hungry for wisdom, if you need wisdom in your life, if you need the Lord in this season, raise your hands and see yourself in faith receiving from Him this morning. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the power of God, for the wisdom of God to fall upon all your children this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word says that we can ask you for wisdom and you will be generous and you will give us more than we need. So this morning, Lord, we receive your spirit. We receive your spirit of wisdom, your spirit of revelation, your spirit of understanding, in the name of Jesus. Fill us, Lord, with a new hunger just to pursue you. Fill us, Lord, with the desire to rather than seek the world and all that it can offer us, Lord, we'd rather seek your kingdom. And then all these things will be added unto us. Lord, I pray that you will shake up this nation and awaken the spirits of your people. Lord, that you will pour out revival in every school, in every church, in every household, in the name of Jesus. And Father, I love that your word says that, Jesus, you are the power of God and you are the wisdom of God. So Lord, we pray for the power of your spirit to break loose in every corner of this nation. And Lord, that you will give us the wisdom as your children to steward that revival until you come, Jesus. But Lord, we don't want to lay dead, Lord. We don't want to lay dormant. We want to walk in the full power of your spirit. We want to walk in your wisdom. We want to be the answer to a broken world out there. So we pray, use us, Lord. Send us, Lord. Have your way in us. And we pray, let your kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everyone shout it. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you give the Lord a hand this morning? We can give the Lord a praise offering. Come on, let's give a hand to the Lord. Die is goed en hy het jou lief.